Welcome. This talk was recorded at Insight LA in Long Beach. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at InsightLA.org. This is Ava Stanton, <laughs> the only person who hasn't met me yet. <laughs> um, so I was saying, uh, one of the, uh, so I've been a Zen student, which is a little bit of a different tradition, and came to uh, join the Inside LA teachers community uh, because the woman who founded Inside LA and I were young Zen students together um, so long ago, really in the early, early and mid 70s. So uh, when I realized Trudy had a meditation center, I asked her if I could start a Zen group. She said, yes. <laughs> so what's been great for me is to um, continue in my uh, Zen tradition, but also be in this other world, the insight tradition world. Um, and so I thought today um, I would just offer you something from my world. Anybody here uh, practice Zen before? Okay. Yeah. So I thought the thing that I might talk a little bit about today is, um, uh, uh, so Zen is a Protestant tradition in Buddhism. It developed in China. Um, when China, uh, Buddhism went from India to China, and the the protest was uh, part of what was going on with Buddhism at the time was it had become kind of academic and didactic and um, not a, not every aspect of it. But the Zen tradition is very much about just sitting. It's about uh, focusing not on um, scripture or explanation, but really about cultivating the mind uh, before thinking. So the path in Zen, in some ways, is that we are asked to walk the same walk that the Buddha walked. Um, that there's nothing that we d don't know that the Buddha also didn't know. So we're equal. And basically in Zen, the sense is that it's each of our responsibilities to embody that search and that practice the way the Buddha did. And then what we're going to discover from our diligent practice is much of what the Buddha taught. That was what he said. He said, we all can practice this path. So in Zen, it's really about actually, yes, each of us sitting. And uh, as we sit on the cushion, we start on the royal road that the Buddha walked. Right? Each of us becomes the Buddha. Right? So uh, it's very much an emphasis then on this very simple, radical act of sitting. There is a particular teaching, though, that I want to share, a, sort of a teaching technique that I, I thought might be fun to talk with you about. Um, and it's <coughs> called koan practice. Um, 
And right now I can't remember what koan means. Um, I think it means the, a seal. I think it means a seal. But, um, so I am going to read you a koan. Zen master Bao Shu of Mount Mayu was fanning himself. A monk approached and said, Master, the nature of wind is permanent and there is no place it does not reach. Why then do you fan yourself? Although you understand that the nature of wind is permanent, Bao Shu replied, you do not understand the meaning of its reaching everywhere. What is the meaning of its reaching everywhere? Asked the monk. And the master just kept fanning himself. <laughs> the monk bowed deeply. So this is a koan. What was it that happened in the mind of this young, of this monk? What did he hear from what the teacher said? So sometimes koans are th thought of as sort of in our culture because we're not familiar with them. We sort of think maybe they're a riddle or they're a trick or they're, a, but they're not. They're very direct. It's absolute, direct, simple communication. What's, what's in, when you hear a story, a, a koan, generally there's a questioner, and the questioner asks something from his or her understanding, and the teacher answers from his or her practice. So that's the nature of a koan. So what we tend to do when we're on, you know, so the nature of practicing sitting, being mindful, is we are wired to think. So we tend to actually go up into thought, right? And then we end up in that circular loop When we're practicing mindfulness, we're dropping down into this moment. <laughs> so what I want to uh, uh, do with you is talk a little bit more about what a koan is and in terms of your life. This young monk uh, was using the example, he was so hungry, he was hungry for what was true. And he came up to a teacher who was fanning himself and he figured out how to ask a really big question based on the action that the teacher was taking. He was ready to ask a really big question. That's, that's also the other thing that's always true in a, koan is that the student is ready. <laughs> uh, so I want to ask you, I want you to consider the possibility of what the koan is 
in your life. All of us actually have koans in our lives. So they're issues that are pressing for us in some way. There are questions often that are, sometimes we, we might even be afraid to ask because they're big. Um, they're very important. What's implicit in this story is that this monk has been training for a long time. He's been meditating for a long time. He's done a lot of retreats. So being a monk is his life. Just like for us, being lay people is our lives. So, but we want to be careful and remember that what we're doing is not asking a question that only involves thinking. Of course it will involve thinking because that's just what we do. That's the way we're wired. But a koan is a, a bigger, it's, it's bigger than our thinking. So in Zen, what sometimes uh, the, the process of practice is, is sometimes called the practice of not knowing. Right. Thinking is knowing. Practicing is not knowing. How can we not know? Right. So when we have a big question, uh, we can practice with it in, in our, all the ways that we can know about the question, but we can also practice with not knowing. So an example that my teacher, my first teacher, Trudy's and my first teacher uh, used to give was he said, um, imagine a mother who is, excuse me, um, living her life Her child is at war somewhere. So she is washing the dishes, taking care of everything in her life in a really, in the way that we all do. In the back of her mind is her koan. How is my child? So the beautiful thing about uh, meditating and practicing, and you can tell there are people in this room who've been doing it for really a long time. Why? Because as our awareness steadies and broadens, we can be very complementary to the mystery of what life is. The fact is, when we sit and we let go of thinking, we drop into the mystery of the way life is. And that's the source from which every moment arises. So if we want to actually know what we're doing here, in some bigger sense, we want to be able to sort of immerse ourselves in kind of a mystery, in the mystery. And how do we do that? We cultivate a mind that doesn't know. And the way we can do that and keep it real is to hold a koan for ourselves. What's going to happen to my relationship? 
How am I going to die? What's happening to the world? What can I do for our environment? Or whatever, whatever it might be. Not to be afraid of the big questions in our lives, I guess is another way to say it. Is that we sit and we get steady so that we cannot be afraid of what's real and what's big in our lives. Everybody have a sense about what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. When the answer arrives, it does. <laughs> but the purpose, in some ways, in terms of practice, is not the answer. When the ans when your mind is clear, your the answer will arise. But that's not the In the traditional way in which we think of questions as being, you know, having a match, which is a piece of data, right? It's more that as we keep a mind that doesn't know, we can constantly be surprised. We can constantly be learning something new. And so that's really what we're practicing. Right? How can we be alive, not just this moment, the next moment, the next moment, right? What's the courage that it takes? We're cultivating a courageous way of being in the world, courageous and kind way of being in the world where we're going, I do not know what is going to happen, and here I am. so that we don't miss our lives by being anxious or freaking out or making plans. Or, right? Which, of course, we all do, too. But it, as, our, you know, as we get steadier, right, like while we were sitting, I was, you know, it's very funny to sit in front of a lot of people where, you know, you think, oh, somebody could be looking at me and meditating. Um, but every once in a while ago, I would sort of begin my talk, right? How was I going to begin my talk? And I could just feel my whole body, it's like I got into it, right? I just dropped into the drama right? <laughs> of beginning the talk, and I went, oh, okay, there I am, beginning my talk. <laughs> and I, I yeah. So that's what we do. That's correct. That wasn't. I wasn't sitting wrong. Right. Of course, I'm. I want to. I want to do a good job. So of course I'm. Right. So it's natural. So the 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 sense of a koan is right for me. It was like, oh no, my talk. My talk is going to start in ten minutes. That's when I can begin my talk. Like, Drop back into this moment, this moment, this moment, right. where I don't know what's happening, actually. Can you talk a little bit more about that not knowing, dropping into that not knowing? 
So when we know we've already created ourselves as a subject and our field of inquiry, you know, our, as an object, right? And that already totally constellates the way we see the world. And also we, I think we're wired probably to do that. Mm -hmm. So a not knowing mind is a mind that actually trusts that without that construction, I can know something that I don't have to think to know. And what happens is when we're sitting in a place before thinking, then what you watch thinking arise, oh, whoa, there I am, giving my Dharma talk. <laughs> With me, right? it's like, and I create myself. There I am. Yeah. And then I can let that go. So we are, we don't exactly, we're such a thinking species, we think that what we think is true. What's actually true is something much faster, much broader. That when we stop thinking, we have access to this huge range of information. It's actually much, it's like, uh, you get to see how cool it is to be a human when you stop thinking, because you are getting so much more information. It's much faster. But as soon as we go, oh, am I something? <laughs> no. Have a sense of that what I'm meaning by that? Mm -hmm. So that's why we have to practice, right? So the other thing that's just lovely about this koan is the, t the student says, the nature of wind is permanent and there's no place it doesn't go. That's correct, right? Mm. Pretty much. Oh, I, I take issue with the permanent word, right. the word permanent. Right. Because there's nothing that's permanent. Right. But the na he, what he's saying is wind is here. Yes. Right. And it goes. And it goes everywhere. Everywhere. Right. So we all grasp that mm -hmm. concept. Right. So it's a little bit like going, so that's like saying meditating is really a good idea. We all think that. <laughs> <laughs> that what, what we're actually doing, what we're, what we're trying to do together is keep practicing, not to stop with an idea. So he's, when, when, when uh, the teacher is answering the question, you know, what is the meaning of it reaching everywhere? What's behind the concept? This moment, dropping into this moment. But we never stop practicing. It doesn't matter whether we think that the wind is everywhere or not. What matters is that in what is happening right now.
and that we keep practicing. Right? So we keep wondering and we keep asking. In this moment, what's happening? So a koan is, oh, this moment, this very moment, what's happening? Right? Not in my head. You have just listened to a recording from Insight LA in Long Beach. For more information, please visit us at insightla.org.